0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. This season number three, it's been revolving around achieving our goals. We started with goal setting and we've been talking about different strategies and different things that are going to help you accomplish what you want most. We talked about building accountability, and we talked about building self-awareness. And today, we're going to have a conversation with our future self. Yes, the future you is going to become your best friend, your best mentor, and your best sponsor in achieving what you really want to achieve. So let's dig in into today's episode. the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. When we talk about goal setting at the beginning of this season, I introduce the smarter goal concept. And one of the big differences between setting smarter goals versus smart goals, aside from the fact that it has two more letters, Is that the R that used to stand for realistic? I challenge you and encourage you to change it for risky. Changing not only comfortable, realistic goals, but goals that push you outside of your comfort zone. Goals that are gonna need you to take some risk before, because there is no gain without risk. You probably have heard that expression before. And I truly believe that is true when it comes to setting our goals. If we only set goals that are realistic in the scope of the skills and the abilities that we have today, then we're not pushing that comfort zone beyond where it is. And we know that growth only happens when we step outside of our comfort zone. But What might be a reason or some reasons why people fail to achieve this smarter goals, including that risky aspect of the goals? Well, some of them might include that, one, the goal that they set is completely impossible, right? There is a fine balance right there between realistic, risky, and impossible, We don't want to set impossible goals, but we do want to set goals that imply us and demand us taking some risk. The second thing is that they're not willing to fail. They are so afraid of failing that that's not something that they're willing to do in their process of achieving their goals. The third thing is that they might not be willing to get uncomfortable. And we know that when we take risk, we are by default putting ourselves in a position where we're not going to be comfortable. Another reason is that they think they're just too hard. And yes, that thought comes through all of our minds because when we're doing something that is beyond our capabilities, it's going to feel hard. That is the beauty of setting the smarter goals, that when we push ourselves to do something hard, then we accomplish more than what we thought we could based on where we were yesterday. The other thing is that they think that they need to know how to do it. We talked about this in previous episodes. You're never gonna be 100% ready. You're never gonna know exactly how to do it. Sometimes we just need to figure out out the how as we go through our journey to accomplish this goals. And finally, is the fact that there aren't believing hard enough. Um, they they think that um you know they're they're not capable, they don't believe in themselves. And I will add one more, and that is gonna be the bridge to today's point, and that is that they're past focused versus future focus. Um, They are trapped on the things that they've done in the past and what they've accomplished in the past and not looking to what new things they can accomplish in the future, how the future might look differently. They're always living in the four walls of their past. And I think that's one thing that we need to break through and break free of so we can really focus on On the future. I'm not going to go over all these things in more detail than what we just did, but I thought that could set the stage to what I really want to focus on today's episode. The one thing I want to do next before I jump into this conversation with your future self is talk a little bit about the human brain. This is something that I've been very curious about in the recent future and I've been in the recent past. Sorry. Um, and I've been really reading a lot about it and listening to podcasts and audiobooks and doing research on this because it's a topic that really intrigues me how our brain works. And here's the thing the human brain is a very complicated organ and I'm not going to go into the details of all that complication today. I'm going to try to keep it as simple as I can. Um, What I want to do and to help you understand is, for the purposes of this podcast, is that there's two parts in your brain that kind of have a voice in your head. Um, We have this lower brain or this Primitive brain or the survival part of our brain. Uh, Sometimes um, a lot of authors call this the reptilian brain. This is the animal brain. It has all kinds of names, right? I'm typically going to refer to it as our lower brain. And it's the part of the brain that is designated to keep us alive, to keep us safe. We talked about this focus of our brain to keep us alive to on survival mode right i mentioned this before in previous episodes it's very it's a very important part of our brain right we want to have this part of our brain saying that's dangerous let's avoid that let's that's profitable. let's go towards that right it cares only about our survival now this part of the brain is a very I would call it toddler-like in its thoughts, so this part of the brain only cares about its immediate, pleasurable, or painful. Um, It's very like a toddler in that it has to fit when it does, you know, when something gets on its way. Um, It thinks that things should always be fair. Some... Some of its thoughts are illogical sometimes, and when we have the second part of the brain, that is more of our adult brain, is more mature human part of our brain. Um, this is the cerebral cortex. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I by no means I am an expert. Um, I tell you, I've been doing a lot of research lately on on the on the human brain. This is the cerebral cortex, or what I call the higher brain, the thinking brain. This is the part of your brain that notes that we need to consider long-term effects of things. This part of the brain makes really wise, conscious decisions for you. And this is the part of the brain that tempers many times the lower part of the brain when necessary. So having the two parts work in conjunction is really brilliant and it really serves us really, really well. But we need to be aware that the lower brain, um, we need to be able to monitor this lower brain and to answer the lower brain with the higher brain if we are going to achieve risky goals. Uh, many people don't notice their thoughts in this way. They're not able to step back and notice, oh, that was just my lower brain. My primitive brain is telling me something that is illogical and is not serving me, and I don't have to just operate at the effect that of my lower brain. I can just use my higher adult part of my brain to make decisions that will serve me best in the long run. Um So that's a little bit of our human brain. And I hope I explain it simply enough, but accurately enough. Um, Again, I'm not an expert, but this is a topic that I'm really passionate about, especially recently, because I think that when we start to understand our brains, we are in a better position to understand the decisions that we make and how we react to things. And our perspectives and our mindsets and all these other topics that I'm so passionate about. So what what I want to dig into this concept of our future self, and I think I've talked about this concept in previous episodes, but I really, I had an aha moment about this future self when I read the book Atomic Habits. And I'm not gonna get into the whole atomic habits, you know, debrief. We did that in the past. But you might remember that when it comes to making changes in our lives, there's three levels of change there is the, the one that is focused on the goals, what we want to achieve. There's the one focused on the systems, which are our habits. And the most comprehensive level, which is our identity. Who do I want to become? And I put this example many times. I started running last year. I had a goal to run a 5K. Having a goal to run a 5K was not enough for me to actually get to the point where I was able to run a 5K because I've never been a runner and it just scared me and I would have really real troubles, like controlling my breathing when I was running. And if it was just the fact that I had a goal to run a 5K, I would have never run that 5K last year. Then I realized that very quickly. Um, I was, I gave up a couple of times because that's the only thing that I was thinking about. You know, I'm gonna set this risky goal of running a 5k. And just because I set the goal, I am going to achieve it. Because I'm a goal achiever. So I'm a goal getter. So it just made sense to me. And then I stepped back and, and I reflected on what I've learned in atomic habits. And I said, okay, maybe I need to expand that circle beyond just that risky goal. And maybe I need to focus on the systems. And I started to establish habits. And those habits served me well, but they were not enough. And maybe I would even say they were not the right habits because I had no idea about running. I had no idea about what it takes to build the endurance, to be able to run a 5K, how to breathe, like position my arms, my hands, my feet, like all the things. And then I said, okay, maybe it's time to look at that outer circle. Um, And I'm making signs here with my hands, but it's like, imagine this three concentrical circles. The smaller one is your goals. In my case was running a 5K, the next circle, around that is the systems, meaning the habits that I put in place, like working out every day and watching my diet and things like that. And then the outer circle, the bigger one is our identity. And that is when I decided that it wasn't about running a 5K. It was about becoming a runner. Because I knew at that point That if it was just about running a 5K and I didn't fall in love with the process of becoming a runner and what it takes to be a runner, I would eventually run the 5K. Probably would have taken me much longer to get to the point that I was able to do it, but I would eventually get there because I'm a goal getter, right? And at that point, that would have been the end of that cycle. It's like, okay, I check the box, I run the 5K, there's no reason for me to keep running. But it's very different what, what I'm aiming for is to become a runner. And then it's about the identity that I'm trying to become, the person that I try to become. And then I started to talk to other runners and started to learn what does it take to become a runner and what are the habits that those runners had and that's what I figure out I had all my habits wrong not all wrong but I wasn't focusing on the right things because I didn't knew what I didn't knew so doing some research and talking to other runners and trying to understand How does a typical day in their life look like? What were the habits that they had really helped me build the systems that allow me to reach that goal, that initial goal, that very first goal of running a 5K? And I would always remember 2020 as the year that I run my 5K. And that's, you know, in the middle of everything that was going on in 2020, it was a way for me to have something positive to remember that year for and not the pandemic and the fact that we were isolated and that we couldn't travel and that we couldn't see family and all those other things. Now, what I want to um, go a little bit deeper into is the sense of the future self. We talked about the identity, but I think that now it's, kind of tying it to our own identity. So I made the decision that I wanted to become a runner. And at that point, I had to start visualizing how would my life look like if I was a runner. I've started to think about how would my life be any different than it is today if I was a runner. So what I did to visualize my future self is just a visualization exercise. I've read a lot about visualization and I think the more vividly you visualize something, the more meaningful it can be, the more impactful it can be to be a motivation for you in in the current time. And what I did is I visualized my future self. How would Carolina, in the future look like differently than she does today? Um, What clothes is she wearing? How is her day running? What what am I doing from the minute that I wake up to the minute that I go to bed? Who am I talking to? Who is in my community? Um, What have I accomplished? How do I feel? And I think this is one part that we tend to underestimate when we visualize. We're so focused on the goal, on what I, What would I have accomplished or what I have accomplished in the future that we miss the part of how do we feel? And for me, that is the most important piece, because the only reason why we set goals is really at its core, because we want to feel a certain way. And we believe that accomplishing those things are going to give us that feeling that we're looking for. So connecting with your future self and how she or he feels and how your day looks like and what are you doing that is different, that really helped me start showing up in the present as my future self. And that is one way that my future self was mentoring me and helping me get through the day-to-day and the hard. The other exercise that I can do totally recommend. I've read about this and I personally also did this exercise is write a letter to yourself from your future self. So after I did this visualization exercise, I basically wrote a letter to myself from having, from being on the other side, right? Uh, Having already accomplished the things that I want to accomplish and acknowledging that it's hard, that it's going to be hard to get there, but that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And that was another way that I leveraged my future self. And I remember telling myself things like, I know it feels hard. I've been there, but I promise that after the hard, it gets easier and you're going to feel so accomplished and you're going to feel so fulfilled. It's totally worth it. Just Get through it, push through it, and know that you're gonna be a better version of yourself because you've went through that hard in your training, in your day to day, in all the times that you're gonna fall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was another way that I leverage my future self. The third way that I constantly leverage my future self. And I think that this also you need to have visualized your future self in order to do this and to really harvest the power of what I'm going about to share. So if, if you're not clear on how your future self looks like and how she feels and what she has accomplished and how a day in her life looks like, this is going to be a little bit harder to do. But I really recommend this strategy. And I do this almost every day. Like. We are faced with decisions that we need to make every day, with chosen with chosen choices. Sorry, now I can say the, the word, choices that we have to make every day. And a lot of times we are tempted to go through the easy route, which probably is gonna detour us from accomplishing what we want to accomplish. And when I get into those pivotal moments or those small decisions in my day where I'm tempted to do something different from what I know I'm supposed to do and from what I said I was going to do, I ask my future self, what can I do today that will honor you? What can I do today that will bring me closer to you? At the end of the day, our goal, my goal is that when I get to that point in the future and my present self faces my future self, they're identical twins. This is something that I learned um, actually from Ed Millett and he uses this in a different context, more on when you pass away and you go to heaven and you meet you know, that person, um, that person is an identical tween, but I pick up on that and I apply it for this current versus future state, if that makes all sense. But when I get to the point that I meet my future self, I wanna make sure that she looks identical to me, that we are identical twins. that I'm actually have become that person that I'm so wanting to become. Um, And that's why asking myself, what would my future self do in this situation? How can I honor my future self today? What decision should I make today that will bring me one step closer to becoming that future version of myself that I want to become? So these are just three strategies on how You can have a conversation with your future self and really let your future self become your best friend, your mentor, and your sponsor, your guide, the person that is going to guide your decisions, that is going to give you the best advice because who better to give you advice than the person that you want to become because she or he has already been where you are today. Um, So that is what I wanted to share today about a conversation with your future self. I hope this is helpful. I hope it makes sense. I hope you find some strategies in today's podcast or some interesting facts that really gets you thinking about how can you leverage more your future self today and leverage that future self in helping you become a better version of yourself and accomplish those risky goals that you set at the beginning of the year. Okay, like always, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast episode. If you did, do me a favor, go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And while you're there, make sure that you follow and subscribe so you get updates on new future podcast episodes. Also, if you think that today's content could benefit someone, please share this episode with them. And with that, I hope you have an amazing day, and I'll see you here again for another episode of the Leading Yourself Podcast.